2: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
3: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
2: In
4: like a lion, out like a Harden. James Harden is set to be traded again also why the raptors are key to the nba offseason and will the chicago bears offense make the biggest jump up the rankings this year i'm peter murkowski starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports you're locked on sports today
3: searching all major sports found let's start with the biggest story
4: James Harden is apparently going to leave Philadelphia the same way he arrived by plane, presumably, but also via trade with the Woj bomb coming on Thursday afternoon that Harden would opt into his player option and then be dealt that he is done playing for the Philadelphia 76ers. Joining me now from Lockdown Sixers, Keith Pompey, to give us some insight into how we got to this place, because, Keith, this was supposed to be Daryl Morey's guy. It was someone that that he had advocated for. So how did we get to this place now where we're sitting here going, this is it for James Harden in Philly?
5: You know, I I guess the thing is when you look at James Harden, um, it's one of those things where James wants to get a a long-term extension. He wants to get a a max or close-to-max extension. The Sixers aren't really willing to give him that. But also the uh, Clippers reached out to the Sixers this week. Mm. and basically inquired about James Harden so i feel like james is looking at it like hey i can opt in i can go to the clippers let's see if the clippers are willing to give me this extension and if so i can go there so that's how it all started it was it was one of those things where you know james was trying possibly probably going to get a 2 or maybe 3 year deal but more likely a 2 year deal And the Clippers stepped in and and James is looking at it like, hey, I could go and get more money.
4: So for the Sixers, is this a situation where they're saying they're now just engaging with the Clippers or are they going to go out and find the best package? What is what is going to be the
5: protocol here, do you think? You know, I believe the Sixers are going to probably go out there and get the best package, the best thing that's out there for them. Um, Because, you know, let's face it, you know, the Clippers, You know, the Clippers are are getting getting things together to where they can make this trade. But then you also look at it and you say to yourself, do the Sixers have any pieces that they're willing to give up that's going to help you win a championship? So for the Sixers, you got to go out there for for the right pieces. And and let's face it, typically when one team is mentioned, you're saying to the other 29 or 28 teams in this instance, like, yeah, come on, let me know what y'all got. Let me know what y'all got. (laughs) Is there a Clippers trade to your
4: mind that, that makes some sense? Like, is this going to be a Paul George for James Harden kind of thing, do you think? Or is it going to be pieces, picks, and Harden, if that is the road that they that they would go down?
5: You know what? I, I think I, I, I like the Paul George thing. I do. Um, I, and also like the Kawhi Leonard aspect, aspect, if you could do that. The only question with those two things is, when you look at James Harden, he's a point guard, right? He's a mm. point guard on his team. You already have a guy like Tyrese Maxey who can play off the ball. I think what you need is you need to go out there and get a point guard. So I look at it more or less as possibly having a third team involved, maybe. So whereas you can get a quality point guard who could come to Philadelphia and the Clippers can send something to the other team.
4: Complicating all of this is what the future of Joel Embiid because you can't, like the, the Wizards did with Bradley Beal, just say, we'll take salary filler and picks. That's not what Philadelphia presumably is going to be looking for here, right? They have to get back real pieces that can help them win
5: now, don't they? Yeah, I mean, Daryl Morey's on the clock. I mean, if you want to be real, like, I mean, you know, last year, they uh, this past season, they fired Doc Rivers for an inability to get out of the second round. Like the future, the future is great for the next president of basketball ops, right? But right now it's all about Daryl Morey trying to get out of the second round. So they need pieces now they need players now and not just any player. I'm talking about, they need like, in my opinion, championship caliber players.
4: Is there a fit you see out there where it's like, okay, this makes sense for James Harden that they, they might be willing to pay him. He fits there and they have the pieces. Cause I'm looking around the league going, I don't know how many places are, are a willing to do it. B have the money to do it. And then C, have the assets Philly would want. The The Clippers are an interesting one because they might actually have at least the pieces to send here. Anyone else you think could get in the mix here?
5: You know, I, I don't. I mean, you know, for a while I was looking at, um, you know, there's some reports that the New York Knicks, I mm. just don't see it. I don't see, I don't, I don't see it. You know, I, I just don't see him being a great fit for that young team. Um, you know there was a while where everybody talked about the Houston Rockets and the Houston Rockets were really into James Harden but then as closer it got and you start hearing guys come out saying uh I don't know you know you get the gist that you know it sounds good on paper until you get there so I, I don't really see a lot of options out there like if the Clippers really want them then that, to me, that might... Now, again, if you're the Sixers, you're going to do your due diligence. But I think that might be the best fit for James.
4: Stay up to date all year on the Philadelphia 76ers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Sixers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, why the Raptors are key to the NBA offseason. Before we get to that, though, the Sacramento Kings are keeping a key player. Baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today. FanDuel likes to road Padres over the home Reds. Never mind that the Padres have lost five in a row, including being swept by the Pirates and losing two of three at home to the Nationals. Meanwhile, the Reds are one of the hottest teams this summer. Fandle doesn't care. Maybe you should. They have the Reds as home dogs on the night that Taylor Swift is performing down the street at Paycor Stadium. Cincinnati plus 122 on the money line. And something tells me my producer is putting a bet on that uh, right now. You can even increase your winnings by putting together a same game parlay, string together some players you think will hit or get a home run with a home run parlay. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball.
3: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
4: Harrison Barnes is sticking with the Sacramento Kings. He's agreed to a three-year deal worth $54 million. The 31-year-old Barnes averaged 15 points per game during the Kings' run to the Western Conference playoffs. He also shot 55% on twos, the second-highest percentage of his career. Barnes was also one of three players to start all 82 games a season ago. One of the more bizarre stories of the NFL offseason continues as three more players were suspended for gambling. Isaiah Rodgers and Rashad Berry of the Indianapolis Colts and free agent Demetrius Taylor were all suspended indefinitely through at least the 2023 season for betting on NFL games. In addition, Tennessee Titans offensive tackle Nicholas Petit Frere was suspended six games for betting on other sports at the workplace. The four suspensions were announced Thursday by the NFL. The Colts subsequently announced that both Rodgers and Barry have been waived as a consequence of their suspensions. Colts general manager Chris Ballard sent in a statement, the integrity of the game is of the utmost importance. I know there's a lot of people that want to have takes on the NFL being in bed with these gambling companies, but it has always been anathema to bet on your sport. You can bet on other things. You just can't bet on your sport. And I don't understand why it is so hard for people to understand. If you play in the NFL, you cannot bet on the NFL, period, end of story. On the diamond, something is seriously wrong with Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright.
2: Another rough start for Adam Wainwright as the Astros blow out the Cardinals in their series finale. Hey, it's J.D. from Locked On Cardinals. And after being within six outs of winning the series last night, The Cardinals get crushed 14 to nothing and end up losing two of three against Houston. Adam Wainwright continues to be a hot topic after getting shelled yet again, allowing six runs on six hits. He walks three in just an inning and two thirds. His ERA is now at a whopping 7.45 on the season. Is he doing more damage than good by taking the mound still? After the game manager Ali Marmel insists that Waino will make his next start. And they'll continue to try and figure out what is going wrong with the future Cardinals Hall of Famer, because this is certainly not how the team or Wainwright envisioned his final season in the major leagues going. For the latest updates and info, be sure to keep it locked on Cardinals.
4: And the San Diego Padres are, man, they are an unmitigated disaster right now.
0: What's up, everybody? Javier Reyes here of the Lockdown Padres podcast. whoa um, oh man. <laughs> I mean this is this is gold. This is gold that the Padres on top of the Giants, on top of the who who else the Nationals, on top of all that losing that they've done. And then they go in and get swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> I mean it's just, it's I don't have the joker hat with me at the moment, but like this is I this is genuinely hilarious. Like it's actually hilarious. 4-1 lead, you blow that. Trent Grisham, unlikely source of power. Uh, he hits a big home run from you. Then you don't do anything, basically, for the rest of the game. You don't put the nail down. You don't put the the hammer down, whatever. You don't close things out. That's been the story of their offense, especially all year. And then Tim Hill has another throwing error who, I mean, don't look this up, please. But I think he has, like, four throwing errors in the last week. Am I crazy about that? But around that many, he's been bad. Um, it's just, it's a clown show. It's a clown show, that's all it is, and honestly, it's getting to the point where it's just the only interesting thing to talk about for this team, for the rest of this year at least, Uh, is like, what do they do at the deadline? What do they trade away at the deadline? How do they become sellers? Because this is a disaster, it's a clown show, and my only recommendation to Padres fans is, try to find a sick, twisted desire to laugh at all this, you know? Like, laugh at the ridiculousness of how bad they are. It's the only thing you can do at this point. That's where we're at.
3: Here is another story you need to know.
4: What direction do the Toronto Raptors want to go? It might not be the question that everyone is asking about free agency, but the answer may well determine some of the biggest moves we see over the next week or so. Questions about Fred Van Bleet's future. OG Ananobi has been rumored to be on the trade block over the last six months. What is the future of Pascal Siakam? He is the kind of player who could swing a title team. Sean Woodley from Locked On Raptors joins me now. And Sean, um, that's just a couple of of, of line items we could be talking about here. Um, What do you think for the Raptors is priority number one for them as we head into the offseason for the NBA?
1: I think their goal is to run it back, essentially, with the team they had last year. And I know that seems like a crazy call. Oh, no, they won 41 games. The first response is, must blow this up. They're not a title team. It's terrible. We got to stop thinking about team building in this sort of rash way, I think. And the Raptors, I think there is some justification for running back this team. You know, they, they traded for Yaka pertle at the trade deadline. Uh, they're expected to sign him to something around $20 million bucks a year. Not confirmed. Other teams are out there, but it does seem like Yak and the Raptors are going to come to terms. Gary Trent Jr. has already opted in. And so it leaves Fred Van Vliet is kind of the big question there. But if you run back this team, there are definitely arguments to be made that things will be better this was a team that a year ago a lot of folks were picking to be like a top four seed in the eastern conference right yeah. like there was a lot of talent um you know they, they had a, a really impressive 48 win season the year prior when they were still this very sort of weird misshapen everyone's six nine we don't have any guards kind of team it was strange this past year, I think it was pretty clear. Like the lack of a center until the Yak trade was a problem. They addressed that. Uh, the lack of shooting remains a problem. They drafted Grady Dick in the first round of the draft, 13th overall. That should that help a little bit. Suit. That suit, like that, that. If you, if you, if that doesn't say I'm a shooter who has no conscience. I don't know what does. <laughs> um, but you know, that they, they brought in Grady Dick, and then the biggest thing is, of course, Nick Nurse is no longer the head coach. And last year's Raptors team, by every account. Just kind of was over the Nick Nurse experience. His brand of coaching, while very effective, specifically for a contender, just was not working on a Raptors team that was not a perfect, fully finished product. And then a Raptors team that needed some development in the back part of their roster something Nick Nurse has never been super thrilled about trying to do because he likes to win every single game because he's kind of a maniac in a good way. Um, you know, it just it wore thin. And so they brought in Darko Rajakovic, who has spoken publicly in all sorts of forums before the hiring, after the hiring, about his desire to play team basketball, get the culture back where it should be. This was Masai Ujiri's biggest goal as well coming into the year. They lost Raptors culture last year in a big way. And so you think about it, you have a two-time All-NBA player in Pascal Siakam, you have an all-star in Fred Van Vliet, you have Jakob Pertl, who's like, I don't know, the 12th best center in the NBA, he's pretty good. Uh, You have Scotty Barnes, who just won Rookie of the Year a couple years ago and is awesome and is presumably at 21 years old, still in the very beginnings of whatever he's going to be. And you have OG Ananobi, who just made a second-team All-Defense. Like, there are good players on this team... I think some new ideas, a fresh take on it, if you can get Fred Van Vliet back in the door, there is definitely a pathway to this being a top-six team next year and kind of taking the leap that everyone thought was going to come last year just on a one-year delay. We, we talked to Keith Pompey from Locked on Sixers
4: about this James Harden situation, and mm-hmm. when, what he said was that the impetus in this case was the Clippers called and said, right. yeah, what do you think about James Harden? Could there be, or what could the... Call B that comes to Toronto that would cause Masai Ujiri to go, mm, this is a pretty good offer. Maybe we, should, maybe we should consider taking these pieces and blow it up. Do you think that could happen where a team would call and say, hey, we'll give you the moon, the, the, the Blazers call
1: and say, we'll give you the moon for Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. Is that something you think they would entertain? I think certainly before the draft, I thought the Blazers were the team that could call with that offer with the third overall pick being the sort of the the prize that's being dangled out there. As it stands right now, I don't think the Blazers really will make sense as a potential landing spot. If they're keeping Damian Lillard, Pascal Siakam would probably be the best teammate Dame's ever played with, you know, barring, you know, Lamarcus Aldridge in his prime. Like he would be it would be a fantastic combo. Hell, I am kind of maybe sort of thinking about could the Raptors offer Scotty Barnes for Damian Lillard? It's uh, <laughs> making a lot of Raptors fans very mad. The reverse Viking, so gonna... <laughs> pillage them. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Um if we can't get Scott and Scooty to... Scott and Scooty. Scooty, what am I saying? Scotty like Barnes, no, no, let's go Scooty. He's got to keep that name now. Oh man, Scooty and Scotty, uh if you can't get them together in the Raptors jersey, put them together on the Blazers, you know? Um so, you know, I I don't think that it's there with the Blazers anymore. They don't seem like they want to move Shade and Sharp, and I just don't think Anfernee Simons plus stuff is enough for Pascal Siakam, a guy who has said that he wants to be on the Raptors. Is it a leverage play? Maybe, because he doesn't want to get traded, and he wants to choose his own destination next summer, but I actually believe him when he says he would rather just be with the Raptors, and I think if the Raptors put the extension that he's eligible for this summer on the table, he'll probably sign it. Stay up to date all
4: year on the Toronto Raptors by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Raptors on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, will the Bears offense make a big
0: leap next season?
3: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
4: Justin Fields is going to be good, right? He just doesn't have anyone to throw to, right? Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson on Peacock and Williamson see a market increase in Chicago's offense
2: this year. I've just got to go all in on the Bears this year because I've been talking so glowingly about him. I believe in Justin Fields. He's got too much physical ability, adding all the talent that they have on offense. Uh, It's going to be fun, second year in in that scheme. Um, We saw how he broke out as a runner especially, but he got better as a passer too. Um, can he improve in the short game? That's really the, the thing that Justin Fields needs to improve on. And it should be the easiest part, right? Like that's what's kind of maddening about Justin Fields. Like you see him every game, make an elite throw down the field and uh, make an elite run. It's like, dude, just hit your back foot and drop it off to your tight end. That's all yeah, you to yeah. do to finish this development, Justin Fields, you know? And so there's so much more talent, offensive line, receiving talent. I got to believe that the Bears are, are an easy one for me here. And they were only at 25. I thought they're going to be closer to 30. So maybe less work to do than a lot of people think just because of how bad it started for the Bears there. Um, so yeah, give me Chicago Bears as a team that's going to be closer to average this season on offense. And, and who knows, maybe Justin Fields takes that step and, and they're even in the top third. And with that, we, we know they're going to run the ball well, and maybe even
0: better than they did last year, whether it's fields, Herbert, you know, Darnell, right at right tackle. I mean, like they're going to run the ball well. And to me, that gives them a pretty high floor. You know, like if that's the, if they can at least run the football and now they are thrown to DJ Moore and Mooney's back and Claypool has to be better. And I'm a Fields believer. I'd be shocked if they're not league average.
4: Here's the thing. Look at any of the underlying metrics, the advanced metrics on Justin Fields last year as a passer. All of them bad. And some of the things that he has struggled with in the NFL were issues going back to Ohio State. Things like avoiding sacks. Even when he was playing with blue chip players at Ohio State, throwing to future NFL receivers at Ohio State. You cannot make the argument that his supporting cast let him down in those circumstances. Some of those things, time to throw, quick game accuracy, and the ability to avoid sacks. Those have been issues for as long as he's been a football player. It is unlikely that those things are going to change. And I believe in all the advanced metrics, but let me go very analog here, very old school, because I think it is telling. Justin Fields has never thrown for 300 yards in his NFL career. Nine games last year featured quarterbacks who threw for 400 yards. There were nine, coincidentally, backup quarterbacks who threw for 300 yards last season. Carolina, the team that the Bears traded the number one pick so they could go draft a quarterback, that Carolina Panthers team, had two backup quarterbacks throw for over 300 yards. Mike White threw for over 300 yards twice. Bailey Zappi, a rookie on a team with no offensive coordinator, threw for 300 yards last year. You cannot say that he was in a better position to succeed last year than Justin Fields. And yet, and yet, Fields has been one of the most unproductive passers through two years of any starter in modern history. It is unlikely at this point he takes the proverbial leap. Any assessment of him as a high-end passer is predicated on pre-draft priors only, not what we've seen in the NFL. At this point, his high-end reasonable comp is like Faster Ryan Tannehill. And that can be a good player. We saw the Titans win a bunch of games with that guy. He's not going to be Josh Allen. He's not going to be Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. He's just not. The evidence says he's just not. And finally, Nick Faldo doesn't think much of the Live Golf Invitational. Nobody's really interested, Faldo said. They're not going to get the sponsorships that they want. They call it a team, and it's not because it's stroke play. You see your mates on the putting and green and say, play well, and then you see them at the scores tent and say, what did you shoot? That's it. The team is out there helping shoulder to shoulder. That's a true team. Amen, Nick Faldo. Amen. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up Monday, what can we expect from the NBA offseason? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked
3: on sports today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.